All right, Alexander, let's talk about what is happening in Georgia, the protests that are taking place in uh, the capital in Tbilisi, right outside of the parliament building. Uh, they managed, the protesters did manage to uh, to have the parliament withdraw the foreign agents uh, draft law, draft bill, but uh, the protesters are not stopping. They want more now, and some of them are even calling for the resignation of the government. They want elections, and some, actually a, a good amount of protesters, they're starting to chant uh, stuff like uh, taking Abkhazia uh, back or taking South Ossetia back. Very dangerous rhetoric. Of course, all the protesters magically, magically have EU flags and Ukraine flags because everyone knows that all the homes in Georgia have uh, EU and Ukrainian flags. So, you know, they just brought them from uh, from their house onto the streets. But uh, anyway, I think we've seen this play out in many, many different countries, the comparison is being made to Maidan, but you know, I think this is pretty much as the as, as per, per the script of regime change. This is following it by the book. Um, color absolutely. revolutions, regime change. What do you make of what is happening? In oh, absolutely, this is a this is a classic count color revolution operation. I mean, if you go back to the foreign agents law, why was it proposed in the first place? Obviously, because the current Georgian government, which is now fighting for its life, was worried that it was about to be targeted by a colour revolution. That's why they proposed this law. And um, what we see is that colour revolution is now um, happening in Tbilisi. And we see that the government is struggling to uh, contain it and quite possibly will fall. I mean, you know, this is because Georgia is a politically fragile place. It, the, 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 the governing party has won all the elections that it's fought. But there's always been this powerful community of people, especially in Tbilisi, who have virulently opposed to it, just as happened in Ukraine with, you know, Yanukovych won every election, arguably, that he fought. Even the 2003 one, in my opinion, but or 2004 one. But that didn't prevent people coming out onto the streets, pushing him out of power. And I think we're seeing exactly the same thing happen in Georgia. And it's the same people who are guiding the events in Georgia, who guided the events in uh, Ukraine. And, of course, the objective is the same it's in this instance, and it's Important, the fact that they're talking about Abkhazia, you know, marching on Abkhazia, on Suhumi, is, of course, that the hope, expectation, desire is to create a second front against the Russians. Now, this is tiny Georgia. I believe its population is around 4 million people. It's going to take on Russia on behalf of Ukraine. It's going to recapture Suhumi. I mean, this is egging on a nation, a small nation, to potential suicide. But we know that some people don't particularly worry about those things. Say, say they get their regime change. Say they get a government that the West is, is in control of. I mean, fully in control of a puppet government. Um, do you think even a puppet government is crazy enough to, uh, to start a conflict with Russia? 
Well, that's a very good question, and I do wonder about that, actually. I mean, I'm going to say something else, which is that, you know, I, 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 I'm not fully aware of the full nature of the military balance now in the Caucasus, and it may be that the Russians might have to transfer some troops to the Caucasus. Though they've got plenty of troops, by the way, in reserve in Russia itself, but precisely this sort of eventuality. So we're not looking at a shortage of troops to deal with this, but it may have to do that. The other thing is, of course, there's also um, the question of the militias in, I call them militias, the security forces that South Ossetia and Abkhazia run by themselves. Now, South Ossetia is a very small place, but it can presumably draw on help from North Ossetia, which is within Russia. And, of course, Abkhazia is a bigger place, and the people there have a reputation for being good fighters. So, you know, it might not be that straightforward to launch a second front, but, you know, they might want to do it. They might be some people who are reckless enough to demand it. The government itself that is formed might know better, but it might have difficulties restraining the hotheads. Who could say? The other problem is that Georgia is economically more dependent on Russia now than it has ever been, apparently. I mean, I'm not, again, familiar with all the trade things. But to the extent, the extent to which there's been an economic revival in Georgia, it has largely been because since the overthrow of President Saakashvili all those years ago, um, the new government, the current Georgian government, reopened economic links with Russia. So if those co closed down, we could very easily see an economic crisis in Georgia repeat itself again. So, you know, a reckless policy, but... People in Washington don't care about these things, and I can very easily imagine that the, the, the sort of people who are behind these events in Georgia, um, they might put lean on any Georgian government that they install to open the second front, and it might be difficult for such a Georgian government to resist. I wonder what uh, Russia is doing right now as they're seeing this color revolution take place as it's unfolding. I wonder what they have going on um, behind the scenes as well to, well, to try and the prevent first this color is... revolution or to prevent or, or to work for when after this color revolution succeeds, if it succeeds. I just wonder what they're, what they're uh, doing right now. I think they're doing both things. The first thing to say is I'm pretty sure that they, even though uh, they don't have an embassy in Tbilisi, and Georgia, by the way, doesn't have an embassy in Moscow, I'm pretty sure that there are lines of communication between the Georgian government and the Russian government. And I'm sure that lots of people in Moscow are calling Tbilisi, trying to find out what's going on there. I think they'd be very... I mean, I think they will probably rule out direct intervention themselves in Georgia. That would be extremely difficult, a very hard sell internationally. And I think they also realise that if Russian troops entered Georgia, then the current government would become discredited. So I, I think that they will give whatever help they can, intelligence help, that kind of thing. But they have to rely on the present Georgian government to try and hold the line. And at the moment, it doesn't seem as if it's succeeding. So if it fails and collapses, I think you will see fairly quickly a Russian build-up in the northern Caucasus, in the, in, in the Caucasus as well, to counter whatever moves it might make, this Georgian government might make.
so bad for uh, for the people of Georgia to go along with this. I mean, this well, is a I mean, reckless again, idea. It, it, Very it, bad it, idea. It, it, it's it's this attempt to constantly play these chess piece moves, and of course, what it does is again, I've, we've discussed this many times. It treats nations as pawns, and it is totally indifferent to the fate of the people who are used as pawns, which, to my mind, is immoral. But you know, there we are. That's how some people think. If you go to sort of neocon type publications of the US. That is how they write. I mean, you know, everything is an elaborate chess game. It's never about the people who actually live in these countries. Okay, we will uh, leave it there. The Duran.locals.com. We are on Rockfin as well, and we are also on Rumble. And go to the Duran shop, 10% off. Use the code. Good day.